Chapter Eight of Toby Tyler, or Ten Weeks Worth of Circus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Nugent. Chapter Eight: Capture of the Monkeys. The boy tried to rise to his feet, but his head whirled so. And he felt so dizzy and sick from the effects of his fall, that he was obliged to sit down again until he should feel able to stand. Meanwhile, the crowd around the wagon paid no attention to him, and he lay there quietly enough until he heard the hateful voice of Mister Lord asking if his boy were hurt. The sound of his voice affected Toby very much. As the chills and fever affect the sufferer, and he shook so with fear, and his heart beat so loudly that he thought Mister Lord must know where he was by the sound. Seeing, however, that his employer did not come directly toward him, the thought flashed upon his mind that now would be a good chance to run away, and he acted upon it at once. He rolled himself over in the mud until he reached a low growth of fir trees that skirted the road, and when beneath their friendly shade, he arose to his feet and walked swiftly toward the woods, following the direction the monkeys had taken. He no longer felt dizzy and sick; the fear of Mister Lord had dispelled all that, and he felt strong and active again. He had walked rapidly for some distance and was nearly beyond the sound of the voices in the road when he was startled by seeing quite a procession of figures emerge from the trees and come directly toward him. He could not understand the meaning of this strange company, and it so frightened him that he attempted to hide behind a tree in the hope. That they might pass without seeing him, but no sooner had he secreted himself than a strange, shrill chattering came from the foremost of the group, and in an instant Toby emerged from his place of concealment. He had recognized the peculiar sound as that of the old monkey who had left him a few moments before. And he knew now what he did not know then, owing to the darkness. The newcomers were the monkeys that had escaped from the cage and had been overtaken and compelled to come back by the old monkey, who seemed to have the most perfect control over them. The old fellow was leading the band, and all were linked hand in hand with each other. Which gave the whole crowd a most comical appearance as they came up to Toby, half hopping, half walking upright, and all chattering and screaming like a crowd of children out for a holiday. Toby stepped toward the noisy crowd, held out his hand gravely to the old monkey, and said in tones of heartfelt sorrow, "I felt awful bad." Because I thought you had gone off and left me, when you only went off to find the other fellows, 
You are awful good, Mr. Stop. And now, instead of running away, as I was going to do, we'll all go back together. The old monkey grasped Toby's extended hand with his disengaged paw, and, clinging firmly to it, the whole crowd followed in unbroken line, chattering and scolding at the most furious rates, while every now and then Mr. Stubbs would look back and scream out something which would cause the confusion to cease for an instant. It was really a comical sight, but Toby seemed to think it the most natural thing in the world that they should follow him in this manner, and he charted to the old monkey quite as fast as any of the others were doing. He told him very gravely all that he knew about the accident, explained why it was that he conceived the idea of running away, and really believed that Mr. Stubbs understood every word he was saying. Very shortly after Toby had started to run away, the proprietor of the circus drove up to the scene of disaster, and, after seeing that the wagon was being rapidly fixed up so that it could be hauled to the next town, he ordered that search should be made for the monkeys. It was very important that they should be captured at once, and he appeared to think more of the loss of the animals than of the damage done to the wagon. While the men were forming a plan for a search for the truants, so that in case of a capture they could let each other know, the noise made by Toby and his party was heard, and the men stood still to learn what it meant. The entire party burst into shouts of laughter as Toby and his companions walked into the circle of light formed by the glare of the lanterns, and the merriment was by no means abated at Toby's serious demeanor. The wagon was now standing upright with the door open, and Toby, therefore, led his companions directly to it gravely motioning them to enter. The old monkey, instead of obeying, stepped back to Toby's side and screamed to the others in such a manner that they all entered the cage, leaving him on the outside with the boy. Toby motioned him to get in too, but he clung to his hand and scolded it so furiously that it was apparent he had no idea of leaving his boy companion. One of the men stepped up and was about to force him into the wagon when the proprietor ordered him to stop. What boy is that? he asked. Illustration, bringing back the runaways. Job Lord's new boy, said someone in the crowd. The man asked Toby how it was that he had succeeded in capturing all the runaways, and he answered gravely, Mr. Stubbs and I are good friends, and when he saw the others running away, he just stopped them and brought them back to me. I wish you would let Mr. Stubbs ride with me. We like each other a good deal. 
You can do what you please with Mr. Stubbs, as you call him. I expected to lose half the monkeys in that cage, and you have brought back every one. That monkey shall be yours, and you may put him in the cage whenever you want to, or take him with you, just as you choose, for he belongs entirely to you. Toby Joyce knew no bounds. He put his arm around the monkey's neck, and the monkey clung firmly to him until even Joblot was touched at the evidence of affection between the two. While the wagon was being repaired, Toby and the monkey stood hand in hand watching the work go on, while those in the cage scolded and raved because they had been induced to return to captivity. After a while, the old monkey seated himself on Toby's arm and cuddled close up to him, uttering now and then a contented sort of a little squeak as the boy talked to him. That night, Mr. Stubbs slept in Toby's arms in the band wagon, and both boy and monkey appeared very well contented with the lot which a short time previous had seemed so hard. When Toby awakened to his second day's work with the circus, his monkey friend was seated by his side, gravely exploring his pockets, and all the boy's treasures were being spread out on the floor of the wagon by his side. Toby remonstrated with him on this breach of confidence. But Mr. Stubbs was more in the mood for sport than for grave conversation, and the more Toby talked, the more mischievous did he become, until at length the boy gathered up his little store of treasures, took the monkey by the paw, and walked him toward the cage from which he had escaped on the previous night. Now, Mr. Stubbs, said Toby, speaking in an injured tone you must go in here and stay till i have got more time to fool with you he opened the door of the cage but the monkey struggled as well as he was able and toby was obliged to exert all his strength to put him in when once the door was fastened upon him Toby tried to impress upon his monkey's friend's mind the importance of being more sedate, and he was convinced that the word had sunk deep into Mr. Stubbs' heart, for by the time he had concluded, the old monkey was seated in the corner of the cage, looking up from under his shaggy eyebrows in the most reproachful manner possible. Toby felt sorry that he had spoken so harshly, and was about to make amendments for his severity, when Mr. Lott's gruff voice recalled him to the fact that his time was not his own, and he, therefore, commenced his day's work, but with a lighter heart than he had had, since he stole away from Uncle Daniel and Guilford. This day was not very much different from the preceding one, so far as the manner of Mr. Lord and his partner toward the boy was concerned. They seemed to have an idea 
that he was doing only about half as much work as he ought to, and both united in swearing at and abusing him as much as possible. So far, as his relations with other members of the company were concerned, Toby now stood in a much better position than before. Those who had witnessed the scene told the others how Toby had led in the monkeys on the night previous, and nearly every member of the company had the kind word for the little fellow, whose head could hardly be seen above the counter of Mrs. Lord and Jacob's booth. End of chapter 8